This week, Kyle gives me nightmares while forcing me to distrust my right hand. And I equally try to shake off my heebie-jeebies. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, we are on the next phase of your uh, noob journey as we try to dip your little baby noob toes into the world that is horror uh, anime. Yes. Unlike the country during the COVID pandemic, we are moving ahead of phase. <laughs> <laughs> and with all this aside, I do want to put a little bit of disclaimer. I recognize you out there those that really appreciate anime for what it is and know the full collection of what I'm about to introduce to Garrett, I know I could have shown something like another or any number of anime from Junji Ito, which are much scarier than the one I've shown him today, but uh, lay off my back a little bit. Uh, he's, uh, he's, we're just trying to get through this thing a little bit. So um, I'm trying to give you just little by little the kind of stuff that you might notice for horror anime. So for this time, we uh, watched the anime representation of the 1988 manga Parasite, The Maxim. So before we begin, Garrett, tell me, what did you think, what are some initial one or two sentence thoughts about this particular anime? Uh, Parasite, so it is very quiet, mm -hmm. and it is, it is thoughtful, and it is deliberate. Right. And there, it's not about big noises, it's not about big slasher horror. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is violence where violence is necessary. Right. But I think the intent is more to attack your brain than to attack your body as the as the viewer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's a good thing to start off on is like the idea that when it comes to horror anime, it's as much about ambiance. And this is kind of a central theme about Japanese horror is like the idea that it's about environment, less about jump scares. When there's right. horror in the United States, you're generally going to find that big powerful enemy that you're scared of the whole time, but it's going to jump out at you. That's what you're thinking about. Here, it's slower. The enemy's more deliberate. The sounds are much more subdued. Things are a mm -hmm. lot more specific. And I think for that, it, it gets, it really ties into what goes into the idea of like the Japanese horror aesthetic. But um, so before we begin, I'm going to give you a quick explanation of this show and why I decided to pick it. Um, first off is that, um, this show, this show came from a manga in 1988. So the source while material ago. started doing math in my head, which I'm terrible at about 30 years ago and maybe a little bit more or less, but it's, it, it's when you read the manga, you notice the aesthetic of the eighties in it and the animes, the animation's very kind of corny. Like we're thinking like original Akira Toyama, you know, Dragon Ball. Everything's like big mouths and everybody's kind of exaggerated with their cartooniness. But the anime, the Maxim, I think the reason why they added the tagline was because it's very different because it's supposed to be a modern context for it. And I hope that you got that in this particular anime. Is that true? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't know the original manga, so I, I, I guess I didn't really notice the change. I did get that the... Um, there was a lot of a uh, lot of tones in the mm. music. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a lot of uh, electronica, mm -hmm. you know, not like Skrillex, but very much like something that you might hear in the late '90s. Uh, something that was very modern at the time, but perhaps is not as modern right now. It's I guess like if I could describe the style, this is a super obscure reference, and I haven't thought about it before this moment. 
if you remember the movie with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise, Collateral Damage. Yes. Uh, was it Collateral Damage? Collateral. Collateral. Collateral, collateral Damage. Collateral Damage. Damage. Yeah, he was, no, I'll um, show you Collateral Damage. That was... <laughs> no, uh, Collateral. And Tom Cruise walks around in this incredibly tight gray suit the entire time. Mm. He was like the embodiment for me of like how this anime felt. It was mm. very like buttoned up and tight and had those like creepy electronica tones and uh it's sort of how how i got it and it, it's also and maybe this is just the japan in general or maybe this is a stereotype it is not overly emotional in right. any way it is right. so quiet that when the lead shows emotion it yeah. almost feels violently loud against the screen. Right, yeah. And I think that's another thing is that, like, you're playing against this subtext of the parasites being logical, right? It's scary in its inhumanness. Mm -hmm. It's scary because it's adjacent to people. It's adjacent right. to what a person would think, but just devoid of all emotion towards logic. And so right. I think when that, that unsettledness is what kind of gives it this creepy factor. So I really appreciate it. So um, to give a little more background, at least in sort of like what the show is. So Parasite, the Maxim. Uh, we start off with our lead, uh, Shinichira. Yep. Shinichira. Izumi, uh, yeah. Shinichi Izumi. Shinichi Izumi. Yep. Uh, he wakes up, has some terrible night terrors one night, and his mother's saying, oh, did you, uh, did you kill the snakes last night? Clearly thinking that he probably had a bad dream. But in the middle of the night, he awakes to see this little tiny translucent worm, which is Kyle's favorite thing in the Full world. Full disclosure, I have a real phobia with like worms, slugs, and maggots, and all that stuff. So this... For the first episode, it was legitimately, like, my worst nightmare. Kyle's I, horror show. Seriously, like, <laughs> I have no problem with heights. Anything that's a standard phobia, like, mm -hmm. blood, no problem. Show me gore all day. Yep. Snakes, I love them. I used to pick them up out of the garden as a kid. Spiders, cute. I'll pick them up, throw out of the window. You right. show me a snail or a slug or a worm, and I will lose my GD mind. And it's not even like a, like a, like a, oh! Like I'm scared of it, like I'm running away from it, but it's just like I feel like my skeleton will literally crawl out of my mouth. That's how badly I just like it just like makes my my skin crawl stuff like that. So the idea of this like tiny worm with mind you with a little drill at the tip is yep. going like like up your nose was literally my worst nightmare. And I right. was like, this is my so, worst nightmare, Garrett. So the lead manages to uh he manages to get it away from its nose and it hops oh. down onto his chest on the covers. But then it hops on his hand and it drills a hole into his hand. Now, not knowing what to do, he takes his headphone cord and he wraps it around like a tourniquet and he mm -hmm. pulls it really tight. And somehow this prevents this creature from getting up into further into his body and is isolated inside of his hand. Well, mm -hmm. his reward is the next day as he wakes up and his hand is an independent creature <laughs> with a mouth right. and an eyeball. Which we now are introduced to the parasite of this particular character. Shinichi's parasite is named Migi because in Japanese, hidari means left, Migi means right. And so just because, so it's like, right, well, well, when call he, me right he hand. Says, <laughs> he, he says, call me right. Yeah. And he's like, isn't that a little literal? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Like he is like, imagine if Spock was even more, like more without emotion, like, was right. like full full Vulcan, right? Like well, he's cause, like, yeah, because remember Spock is half and half. He's half and half. So, what's interesting about this is that 
Uh, apart from Shinichi and Migi, there's a horror show happening outside. There's literal creatures, and they show this in the first part of the first episode. It's like a guy grabs this woman's shoulders, and then his face opens up to show this, like, and I'm going to just kind of bring this up throughout the entire show that we're doing. It's like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting's worth of just, like, monster vaginas. Just like, <laughs> And, like, it's... It literally just goes open to show you the word, the craziest atrocity of humanity, and just boop, eats her head right off. In, and in a very yeah. rudimentary manner, it reminded me of. Uh, so remember the original Tremors was these giant slugs underground yeah, like three, that could kill people. Yeah. In the second one, how they were like little dinosaurs walking on the earth. Right. They had these like four prong mouths that opened right. up with this these long wormy tongues that came uh, at it. That's what it reminded me of. Except I didn't quite understand some of the visualization when they show right. like the heads and people could, these creatures, these parasites essentially find a human host. Right. They usually cut the head off and they're able to then become that head and change right. their appearance, whatever needs to be. But when they go into attack mode, they can separate their head in almost like a ribbon mm -hmm. weapon kind of way. Yeah, like I would say Resident Evil 4, if you ever to play that game, there are these characters that when you shoot their head off, like they have like, the crazy whips that go mm -hmm. around and stuff like that with this giant scythe blade on the top. That's essentially what how they attack in this in this anime. And like they can assume like metallic forms, they can assume like fleshy red forms. And it is really so much like the idea of body horror. Like, and that's what Full right. Metal Alchemist does pretty well too, is the idea of the grotesqueness of biology to the point that it scares you. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of lean into that really well here. Um, but mind you, I think like Pee Wee's Playhouse, anytime Garrett brings up a worm or crawling a worminess, I'm, I'm going to try to hold back my revulsion to that <laughs> instead of screaming like Pee Wee's Playhouse. So I'm going to try my best with it. But um, let's talk about first about the relationship between Shinichi and Izumi because outside the horror show, gross right. stuff is happening all the time. Violence is happening all the time. But mm -hmm. what happens in the house of Shinichi is kind of like this buddy comedy at the, <laughs> at the same time. Like, it's imagine a guy who's like consistently trying to tell his right hand that it's ridiculous that his hand has a mouth and then yeah. the hand mouth is going like, what, what do you mean? This is just, <laughs> I'm a parasite. Like, this is what I do. And like trying to like have a conversation between those two. Right. Right. It's like weirdly comical. So I yeah, mean, and, and then they seem to like get close to bonding, and then his right hand will remind him that he has to that the right hand would like to murder someone. Yes, and he's like, oh, I completely forgot. Like, and weirdly enough, like parasites, they aren't always because. Oh, so one thing that's noted about the parasites is that whatever they glom onto, whether it be a human, in one case there was a dog, um, or another creature, they will only eat that particular creature. So the dog one will not eat another human; it'll eat another mm -hmm. dog. The same thing with humans. So if it takes over human, it'll eat only humans. Um, but then they go from being this like weird cannibal, cannibalistic alien to like really curious and smart. So much so that Migi tries to do these like random science experience experiments with uh, with Shinichi. And my favorite of which is he's like, "Oh, I want to make this penis hard," and then he just starts jerking him off in the bathroom. And he's like, "That to me was so funny because he's just like, he's like, ah, 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 like his hand is like." jerking off on his own and he's just like running away and the guy just like the guy is next to him in the bathroom goes right. hey dude why are you talking to your dick <laughs> there there were not a lot of moments of levity that was one of them yeah but there's another moment a few episodes in where his mother is starting to notice like a change in his behavior 
And she, she's like, you don't even seem like yourself. And she goes in his room just to tell him about dinner. And he's like, don't come in my room. Make sure you knock. And she goes to like the kitchen table and she goes to confide in her husband, uh, Shinichi's father, yeah. to say, oh, you know, I think our son is changing. I don't even know him anymore. He's a different person. I went in there and he yelled at me. And her, his dad goes, well, was he whacking off? <laughs> <laughs> so I know. I, I know and she's is. like, oh. Like, maybe he um, was maybe he was I, you know what he's a senior in high school bodies are changing you know what I'm saying and so as we go further into the story um, what I want to kind of dive into a little bit is the reason why this is more of a horror aesthetic than say any other thing that you might find in the United States is kind of explain uh, well first off I want to ask you the simple question of did you find this scary like, that's the first thing to your palate I, I found it very creepy so, yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, it, it keeps this, uh, it keeps you strung along. It doesn't reveal anything at once. As I mentioned, it's very deliberate, very very plotting, and it's not in a rush to to reveal anything to you. Now, I will admit, uh, my wife told me that I woke up last night screaming in the middle of the night. I don't know if that was a show. I don't know if it was eating a box of uh, glazed donut holes before bed. <laughs> I'm not really sure what the cause was. Um, it's de I'll tell you that I watched half my episodes on the couch in the afternoon, and yeah. I watched half my episodes at night with the light out. Mm -hmm. One session was decidedly weirder and freakier than right. the other. Yeah, and I think this kind of touches into the aesthetic of Japanese horror. Now, before the show, I kind of like brought up the idea with you about this might, you know, the kind of ways in which Japanese movies try to push horror. And uh, mm -hmm. one of the main topics are the ones that kind of extended to the United States, which is the ring and the grudge. Mm -hmm. Now in the United States, we got, you know, Mike Myers is a big hulking dude that like is pretty much immortal. You can't hurt him. Same thing with Jason, Freddy Krueger's in your dreams. Like mm -hmm. they're hulking menaces of, you know, real threat mm -hmm. in the ring and in the grudge. It's the idea of taking what would normally be a weak item. It's like a female with like mm -hmm. long black hair or young girl and distorting that idea of it until it gets to something unnerving which mm -hmm. you as a character don't know how, as a person doesn't know how to fix. So Ooh, that's very much like, think about like the shining with the, right. the young twins in the hallway. Right. Like, I like, think, it, because, I think Japanese horror is more likened to the twins in that scene than it is with like Friday the 13th. Because, right. Because yeah. it's, it's the unassuming that will get you. Right. Exactly. Like this show tries to make the reveal of the parasite the defining message of the horror, right? So mm -hmm. it's not just going to be like Predator going like, Bah! it's going to slowly unravel its face. It's going to slowly go around. You're going to start to see the seams open and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to just like, whoosh, and then it's going to reveal itself mm -hmm. slowly, but you're going to also see the, the normal face or like one eye is going to go off and it's going to be yeah. very wall-eyed and stuff like that. It's going to unnerve you first before it goes through it. So I that was, they really played into that. There's this character that ultimately ends up being the first fight in the show yeah. his name is mr a mr a and he faces off with migi slash uh shinichi um but when we're first introduced to the character it's, it's sort of like a diner scene and he's supposed to be talking to shinichi and and migi but the more disinterested he becomes in the conversation because it's just he just wants to like 
get food, murder humans, carry yeah. on with his life. Yeah. You you see the eyeball start to go creep to the left and roll around and and like wow, like you said, that's highly unnerving. Right. In the in the ring they take the girl, but instead of making her like a girl with white skin and long black hair isn't scary, but mm-hmm. they make her her, her twitch. Her, her right. movements are very sudden. Her legs go over her arms. She's very contortiony when she walks around. Mm-hmm. The grudge, her faces are very emotive and very... So it's the unnerving that's supposed to make you unsettled, and that's supposed to be the, the scary part. Right. Yeah, and so I thought that was pretty cool. Now, speaking of Mr. A, and one thing that I wanted to... I thought was pretty interesting. I wanted to, like, kind of see what your thoughts were. So Mr. A and Ryoko, who is another parasite, uh, pretty much is further along in its advancement kind of takes over this one teacher and basically wants to learn more and doesn't mm-hmm. really want to murder so much. Like it's not going to kill outside in, in, within its social circle. So if you know it, it's not really going to want to kill you because it wants to like keep itself. Protect its identity. It wants to protect its identity. But in its curiosity, it decided to take Mr. A and have sex with yeah. the two of them. And I could just imagine like if you're, <laughs> you're literally two pretty much torsos from the neck down with these giant goo monsters on top, and what sex between those two kind of things would look like? You could just see, like, Mr. A go, like, is there moaning? Well, like, as far as an ejaculation goes, is there pleasure? Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> like, well, so they have hardwired into the brains, right? right? I mean, so they, they might get, get some of that. But Mr. A, also, when I thought about the two of them having sex, Mr. A sort of reminds me of, like, very early men in black Vincent D'Onofrio like like after the bug gets in him but before his flesh starts to rot right like right that's he's like like the the sugar water guy like Like, I need sugar water not not yet at the point where he goes so I'll hold my hands not yet at that point okay not yet but, so, okay. but yeah, so it was, I, I didn't really understand how that worked. And also, imagine like two things just like beady eyed staring at each other. Yeah. Just like, and the, but the bottom parts are bumping. Like I just, <laughs> it was just a weird, funny thought. And ultimately it brings to the idea that well, Ryoko see, I got I don't pregnant. even know if it'd be like that because that's the way Ryoko was, this teacher. She's very like centered and right. calm. And I don't know if that's her character that's amplified by the parasite or if that's the actual parasites uh yeah personality but whoever is in mr a whatever creatures in mr a is very primal right and animalistic so he might have actually devoured that experience right right and also like he he kind of is he's more misanthropic than the other ones right like migi uh ryoko they're like curious about humans and how they work mm-hmm. mr a thinks he's above him and hence why in episode um i believe three he goes and just to go and attack migi and shinichi and as you said that's where the battle happens and it kind of showed uh migi starting to get to a place of caring about shinichi a little bit maybe but maybe was just being very uh self-defense based and kind of seeing the two work in that in that same mindset mm-hmm. he's starting to lose his fear kind of like a parasite would and the parasite's right. starting to kind of care a little bit more about the well-being of of shinichi so i thought that was a really interesting um really interesting juxtaposition of like you know it was the weakest part of that team that made the final kill not Nigi. and so that was a really cool a really cool scene so yeah. that's what i think well that was cool, and I liked the concept of how Mr. A didn't see him as a threat because he thought we, he was a benign, weak human. 
However, the actual animation of the fighting between Migi and Mr. A, this sort of like two octopi of knives, yeah. of fleshy like meat knives, like fighting yeah. in the air was a little, it was a little much. A little, a little Dragon much. Ball Z, you know, where the yeah. punches are going fast and all you're seeing is just like, uh, like just really pu- trying to punch right. each other. So and, 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 uh, Shinichi just gets to walk forward because he's yeah. constantly being blocked. Right. Right. And it's like the ultimate defense and stuff like that. Yeah. So, oh, I which think- by the way, that's another thing. He's like, Oh, I see Migi, his right hand decided not to focus on offense and defense, but only defense. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the thing. It's like, and then, yeah, and then, as I said, like, so Migi, you start to, is, you get a little bit more comedy with, with him because, like, like, Shinichi will wake up and then all of a sudden, like, he'll, his arm will be completely detached from his body as right. he becomes, like, this, like, arm dog as it's, like, hopping around mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Well, you know, uh, Migi, the hand, or the parasite that is overtaking the hand, becomes, like, the straight man because right, it's a right. parasite. It, it, it functions only with logic. It doesn't function right. with emotion. Right. So it almost, in its, in its incredible seriousness, mm-hmm. offers up funny moments because right. it's oblivious to the emotional right. aspect of things. Now, it wouldn't be an anime without a little bit of fan service. So what did you think about the idea of when he didn't know yet that he had a parasite on his hand and the parasite's first instinct was to grope was to grope his his crush and stuff like that i was like well garrett's gonna notice the fan service right well, well, not just his crotch but it, it fondled his classmates boob yeah it was just like it was like was grab her, her yeah yeah fans as as garrett get we're gonna call this the garrett rule of fan service must be paid <laughs> it's like it's like if you're gonna cross this bridge the fan right. service must be paid right. so yeah. So well, and, and then of course, like the the female, the Ryoko, that that parasite is hypersexualized, uh, mm-hmm. and all the students want to like do her, and mm-hmm. of course she's busty and yeah. attractive, and you know, I see I see your pattern, anime. I see <laughs> what you're doing, Japan. As long as you're getting it, man. We start it with with kind of shoving it down your throat, and then yeah. eventually we're just going to give you little moose bushes here and there. So that's the kind of point that we're going to get to. So I think so. If I was to compare it to an American movie, I would say it is similar to the movie The Thing, which okay. is a Carpenter movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, the first to use, like, realistic uh, visuals when it came to this parasitic organism that hmm. does, like, little body horror. So, like, a head will detach from the body and then turn into a millipede and stuff like that. Like, that disheartening, like, body horror was 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 what it was like to do. So, I think... For me, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. I'm sure there's one that informed the other, but... Um, well, look, the thing came out in the early 80s. So if right. you're saying that... Uh, that Parasite the Max. A Parasite 88 the Max came out in the manga, yeah. then this came after. But, you know, I mean, it's... There might have been some sort of stylistic carryover, but ultimately the storylines are a little different. Yeah. Well, because I remember he, he uh, I remember reading about the director because I was wondering before we did this episode whether or not he took his inspiration from the thing. And mm-hmm. he was saying, I really wanted to think about what it would be like to think purely in logic. Like, and he wanted to kind of see what that would happen if that conversation happened. And so the parasite mm-hmm. came out of that idea. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I just thought that was interesting. Like those two, that style of body horror came out at the same time. So let's talk about themes, right? Now, this is okay. where we're going to get to what is this show about? Why is it so important into the repertoire of, um, 
of anime, what is kind of what kind of story is it telling? And while we did talk about like it's horror, but it's also comedy. It's also body, you know, body horror on top of you know just the unnerving, unsettling. T- there are some actual deeper themes with it, and okay. the first of which is counteracting the idea of the hubris of humanity. Okay. The whole time Shinichi's trying to explain why humanity's emotions and their willingness to live and not kill one another mm-hmm. is the right thing. And Migi is consistently trying to answer to him why that's wrong. For example, he's like, but you're just murdering other people. You're a cannibal. He goes, Migi goes, but I only eat people. And you eat every, a lot of different species. You eat a whole ma- manner of animals and you kill a whole bunch of them for your own satisfaction. So how am I, how am I bad? Right? right. Like, in my opinion, I eat a lot less than you do. So what's, what's the problem there? Or, you know, saying like, you know, it's not right to kill others. It's wrong. He goes, but in my mind, I only really care about myself. I, I don't even care about you for, for, for that second effect. So now that is the power of the individual. Right, exactly. So it's this like idea of counteracting all these like social hubrises that we come up with to kind of make ourselves feel higher when we all of a sudden become lower on the food chain. I don't know if that's something that stuck out to we, you while you're watching. We as a culture, not just American, but everywhere, we're very quick to feel superior to others. Mm-hmm because we've been doing something for a certain amount of time without even thinking about whether the other side has a point. Now, of course, in this situation, the other side eating humans, probably not a good point. No. But, uh, you know, it, it makes you give pause. Right. Right. A, a, lot of, a lot of it is like, just because it's logical doesn't mean it's moral. Right. Or that it's acceptable and social norms or so so yes it is interesting to see those questions posed and it is interesting to say huh i guess i never thought about it in that light but you know it didn't convince me to eat humans right that's uh, i'm I'm glad i'm glad when i shaved this episode it's like oh no i turned gary into a cannibal so (laughs) but yeah so that's one of the themes that that came up in the show the second one is the value of logic versus emotion um, and I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that, that gets butt up a lot in this show is the idea that um, there's a reason as humans that we have to acculturate to things. We have to be a social being. We're social by nature. We have the instinct mm-hmm. to be social. But in terms of the parasite, they don't have that. They think exclusively on logic and self-preservation and seeing those two kind of bump the heads with each other. So I don't know. Is that one of the it's things? It's also really up? cool to see the growth, right? Yeah. So in the beginning, Migi, when he has that battle with Mr. A, he's like, hey, you got to kill Mr. A. And, and Shinichi says, I-, I can't kill him. And Migi uses logic and he says, well, is that really a person? Yeah. Is it a person or is it, you know, yeah. is it just a monster as you so claim? Now, fast forward an episode and... Shinichi wants to kill Ryoko. Mm-hmm. Now the human wants to kill Ryoko. Mm-hmm. And Migi is learning. And he's evolving as well. And he says, look, I know you think Ryoko is not a human anymore. But remember, as we discussed earlier in this episode, she has become pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we know, we know for a fact that that baby is 100% human and normal. Right. And Migi says, you might want to kill Ryoko, but... Now you're murdering a person. Now you're murdering a person. So they're like coming closer together, Mm -hmm. you know? 
They, and I think they that's enjoying. So I think that is where you are in the anime now in your watching. Mm-hmm. It's where it's leading to, right? What happens when those lines blur and yeah. it becomes a one, a one singular idea, right? And how do you get to that point between the two things? Because you're, what you're going to find is that Shinichi goes from being, he kind of like has like a Spider-Man-ization of himself. Like he goes from having like glasses and bangs and like he's like a nerd and oh boy, he's going to get to school to like hair slicked back. And he's like, he's a rad dude. I'm not going to say he's on a motorcycle. Why are you referencing the Spider-Man 3 transformation? I think. Where like he thinks he's cool and he's, and Tobey Maguire strutting down the street. When, never when had I think. Venom in him. Never have I thought that a movie missed what cool was so much than that movie did. <laughs> There are several, like, this is on an aside, but there are several Marvel movies that the number three broke my heart. Spider-Man 3 is one of them, and Iron, Iron Man, Man 3 is the other one. Oh, God. I remember I left, and I was, I was so, my heart was so broken watching the end of 3, because Iron Man, honestly, like, before, and I don't want to be that, like, hipster guy that says, oh, well, Iron Man was always my favorite hero, but, like, he was. I, I read his yeah. comics, like, long before he was a thing. Right. And the Mariner was really cool. It was like Eastern magic versus Western modernization. And then they made this like stupid, oh, he's an actor the whole time. I'm like, like, <laughs> it just pissed me off to no end. So and, cycling back yeah. before Iron Man 3 was Spider-Man 3 because he goes through a cool transformation, it which is what cool we eventually man. see Shinichi go through. Right. And that's the kind of point that it's leading to is that he becomes less human and me, he becomes less parasitic and how does that how does that relationship work from there on and like seeing the deeper questions that come with it so um but what i would like to do and and is kind of talk about the final piece that you got to watch was the which was episode five which i'll run through quickly since you've done a pretty good job of summarizing the rest um so episode five we are introduced to another parasite who is on in a female's body and it's really just like being really goofy with itself it's like what is this thing and it's trying to put on a seatbelt in this car he's it's a female with a ma- another person who's human who's a male in the car with them and, and he's like oh silly you you know how a seatbelt works and as he's fuddling with her seatbelt they go off this like massive cliff because japan is just mountains it's literally wily e. coyote hill road hills that's that's what all japan roads are and he they fly off and she has like the bodies hanging out the window it's like Oh, so that's what seatbelts are for. <laughs> and like, it's trying really hard to like get back to the connections yeah. that it was trying to do. And so it's like, I need to connect to another body soon or I'm going to die. So it goes to the male counterpart, cuts its head, his head off and tries to wear it. Now, what this leads to is a later scene where you find out that Shinichi's uh, parents are going to go on vacation and he's worried because he's like, it's a scary world out there. It's like parasites all over the place. We don't know how far it's gone. We don't know if it's in Japan. We don't know if it's just. Right. But Migi, Migi tries to say, Hey, it's going to be okay because my kind like urban areas, because there's more food around. Right. Exactly. They go out into the country. I'm sure they're fine. Exactly. And then you get to this other horror show where the male attached parasite is having a real go of it. And he's like, and you know what's weird is it's like, the incompatibility is not like for any other reason, like than the sexual organs. It's like yeah. I'm not compatible with the dick. I'm gonna <laughs> die. Like it's that kind of thing. And it was like its face was bulging, like couldn't handle having a dick. So yeah. it was like it's like about to go. And it's like I need to find a female quick. That's what I need. And for some reason, Shinichi's parents is on the side of the road as well, doing taking a picture of the cliff in the mountains and and of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And that is where, by pure happenstance. This female, uh, this male parasite 
kills Shinichi's right. Uh, mother, right. assumes her identity and the father, and attacks the father, like severely injuring him. Now this is like quintuply heartbreaking and upsetting mm-hmm. up to this point because in an earlier episode, we see a flashback. Remember when I spoke about how um, his mother's name is Nabuko? Yeah. And she was really heartbroken over the changes she was seeing in her son. She clearly has an affection for her only boy. And they do this flashback Mm -hmm. because she sees this big scar on her Mm -hmm. hand. And they do this flashback where when he was a young boy, so Shinichi's like 16, 17. So in this flashback, he must have been like six. And he's in the kitchen and he goes to climb for something while she's making tempura. And he falls into the stove. And the tempura oil is about to fall on him. And she uses her superhuman mom strength. If you're yeah. familiar with like the story of the woman lifting the VW Beetle. Yeah. And she grabs the hot pot and puts it on top of the stove. Yeah. And it's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Before she's burned. So this woman is literally scarred Hard with her love for, for Shinichi. Kid. And it was re- especially heartbreaking because Shinichi then at this point is going through severe denial. And this is where the emotion versus logic thing starts to really conflict with each other. Because Migi's like, that's not your mom anymore and I need to kill it now. It's going to kill you. It, no- mm-hmm. it, it doesn't like that you know that it's not, you know, that you can recognize that it's not your mom. Mm-hmm. I need to kill it now. And he has a knife and he's like, don't you dare attack, that's my mom. And he's having like this weird conversation as if she was still alive. He's like, well, mom, I'm sorry. I should have told you about this. It's really weird. One day I woke up. And, you know, but I'm sorry, I'm sure I'll explain it to you. And he's trying to, like, use his, his emotions to explain it to himself that his mom's still alive. Well, and he's also, he thinks that he can coax whatever humanity is left in that creature, right. which there isn't, but he yeah. believes there might be. Right. Out. Like, her head is not her anymore. It's just, there's yeah, yeah. just a thing there. And she's, and then she's about to strike, and he's like, I promise you, that is not your mom anymore let me attack this thing because it's going to kill you. It's weak. I can get it now while you're doing it. And he's just like, don't you dare attack my mom. And he, the last thing he says, which is to your point on the, on the scolding pot was he notices the scar and he goes, every time I look at that scar, I've always wanted to tell you how sorry I was. And I never got to say it to you. And I want to say that to you now. And knowing full well that he'll never get to say to his mother, the apology that he always had planned for her. So it's a really touching, heartbreaking moment and stuff like that, which then leads to the transformation to what ends up being Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man <laughs> three moment of him. Because now, I mean, the man has more family. His arm is gone and replaced with this oh, thing. Oh wait, does the dad die? I thought the dad. I think, him. okay. So I'm, I'm, I went so far as to say he got really injured. So he's in a phone booth yeah. telling him yeah. like your mom is not your mom. So yeah. he's got like a, blade wound right through his chest and stuff like that so Did i'm he assuming say the words with great power comes great responsibility yes he's right before it he was said, his uncle ben moment it was his uncle ben moment and also like oh by the way your mom's not your mom so uh get yeah. the fuck out of the house so she he so that that's you know so this man essentially loses everything and now yeah. has to kind of be like well this is if i'm part monster i might as well become it because i need and now it's all about my survival now and that's right. all it is now like that's all i have and I have the secret that I can't tell. So that's mm-hmm. going to be it. So that that is what you're going to be looking forward to if you were to if you were to continue this um this anime. Okay. So uh, the last thing uh, that we're going to do um, is ask you: Did you consider this a good anime? Did you like what you saw so far? Are you going to continue watching this? 
Ultimately, I don't think I'm going to continue, and that's simply because uh, we are continuing this at a at a breakneck pace, uh, which I'm enjoying the heck out of. But I'm, I've been finding it really difficult. Like I'm keeping my list to the ones I like, mm-hmm. and I hope to go back to them. But there's a chance that I don't, unless we take a, a recess of some sort. Because I, right. as I'm getting new shows, I'm like devouring them and wanting to be like, ooh, what's this new this new information? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so uh, uh, I thought the show, I enjoyed the style. Look, I'm not a big horror guy. No. I don't need to go opening weekend and hear people under normal circumstances scream at the, the screen, run, B, run! Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need that. The slasher genre never really did anything for me. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy... Uh, being scared though and I do enjoy haunted houses and I enjoy the quiet uh, that mm. precedes the scare um, and in, in that regard I, I did enjoy the show uh, right. I enjoyed its deliberate nature and that it wasn't just a ton of battles a ton of violence without narrative there's plenty of there's plenty of background here and even with only five episodes that we watched, the amount of growth that you see in character is a uh, uh, really wonderful development. Right. And I think what's interesting is when you bring up the aspect of the fights is that the, the, the parasites fights are less an idea of like who's stronger than who mm-hmm. can out logic the other. So once again, this gets into like the territory of the sports anime, yeah. like we are equal or less than. So how do we, how do we outthink? the other creature so that I can get to the point where I can kill it quicker. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate because they don't draw it out. This is not supposed to be a battle anime. Mm -hmm. Like you would see with Dragon Ball Z where, you know, someone's charging for, for like a week straight and then shoots one final Kamehameha. This is like, this is, these battles are probably going to end within five minutes. Yeah. They should just like the parasite. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I appreciate that. Like that is the kind of track that it's taken. It's more about, what do the parasites learn about humanity and what does the humanity learn about the parasites? And is there a coexistence thing going to happen there? And also like the logic of who's right there. Like, is it better to be a human or is it better to be a parasite? And I think that becomes murky as the, the the you're going to have to watch it a little while to get murky because you're going to have your own bias watching it as to which side is correct. And, and since none of the viewers have a possessed right hand with an eyeball and fingers that turn into worms and or blades and or whatever you need. Georgia O'Keefe vaginas. That's that's my whole my whole <laughs> with like little stigmas like blah, 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 blah. and uh, so before we get into our weeb and noob scores, I, I really I think this anime more than anything needs to talk about its barriers to entry mm-hmm. because it seems like you're probably not going to wa- continue watching it. So that means there's probably something that for a new watcher might turn them off from it a little bit. What is what is some barriers to entry? What are some things well, that you Right think- off the bat, horror. I mean, right. horror is uh, a divisive genre. Some mm-hmm. people love to be scared and they love to... I mean, there's a certain population that likes to watch endless amounts of murder shows on television. They watch Discovery ID. They watch Swamp Murders. Southern murders. Northern love themselves murder, some Dateline. <laughs> love themselves some Dateline. I like Dateline, especially if Keith Morrison is hosting. Yeah. However, um, there are people who like to have fear put into them as an emotion. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I'm married to one that does not. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people. So, yeah, barrier to entry. 
there, there's a reason why horror movies, um, box office wise, are successful for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, there's a dedicated audience to the mm-hmm. horror movie. People that will go watch every single horror movie. However, producers know that that's not a big audience. Sometimes it can be expanded upon. Sometimes there can be a it, and mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. a sudden it's making a ton of money. But right. that money is still dwarfed compared to, say, Avengers, which Mm -hmm. is action. Furthermore, horror movies are notoriously cheap to make. It is about the genre, not the star. You Mm. rarely get a celebrity. Yeah, this is usually, like, uh, actors who end up becoming famous as first foray in a movie are going to be a horror movie because they're going to pick the cheap actors because usually the budget is not great for horror movies. So so fans of horror are super dedicated. I mean, they, we used to work with some of them when we worked at a haunted mansion and there's right. magazines and websites dedicated to it. And it's, it's one of the most passionate fan bases, but it is smaller. So I could absolutely someone see, see someone saying this is not for, for me because of that. Right. And in the, the, and for me, I would feel like a barren entry is also that it's kind of gross out horror. So if you're not a huge fan of like viscera, or well, so when they don't through the first five episodes, the the press and the media does not know what's causing all this, and they're referring it to the mincemeat mincemeat murders, murders which is like because people are being left in as piles of goo and flesh on the ground. Yeah. So that, these, so that's like someone's got to be real busy. Like <laughs> yeah, the Jack the Ripper has like major like. You know, he you know, can teleport powers. He can, yeah, he's got nightcrawler powers, or there's something, something's afoot. Like, I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, I feel like this, this show is more of like a kind of, it's a kind of prescient for today of like a real emergency that's like not really being handled all that well. Right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so, I would say for me, I, as me, I, I don't get scared easily by the common things of phobia, but things that are based on rotting or, or like decay mm-hmm. or like, like that stuff yeah. grosses me out. So, for me, like I have to watch this piecemeal. Like as a new, as a fan, like as a weeb, mm-hmm. it's. I know that I like a show when I go like five episodes straight and not think about it. I have to piecemeal this one because of how much the gross out humor affects me as a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say for that reason alone, like if you don't like, like the idea of seeing a corgi turn into like this like splayed, you know, skin butterfly face, like then right. Then, then maybe this one night yeah. might not be for you. Might you might want to put it on the shelf a little bit. I will say I enjoyed the pacing, but there was a couple of times when I was tired where I fell asleep and I had to try and rewatch an episode mm-hmm. because uh, it, it it sort of lulls you, and right. and that's a part of it by design. Right. But if you want something a little faster paced, I mean, I sort of think that part of the issue with with society today is the overstimulation. Like you watch classic films from 50, 60 years ago, and I'm sure people would say they're bored because they right. don't understand the the pacing behind it. And I think that could happen to you here. Well, it's kind of like uh, westerns, right? Like when you think about westerns, like if you think about the life of a cowboy, think about the life of a cowboy. A lot of it was just staring at nothing, chewing tobacco, chewing riding the-, the horse, and doing pretty much nothing. And I think, yeah, like that that to a modern audience might not be nice. And remember, this was a um. The source material came in 1988. So let's get to our Weeb and Noob scores. For those, this is, if this is your first episode, the Weeb and Noob score does not signify whether it's good or not. So we, you know, for our, our, our review as a title, it's good. Maybe even we might be kind of tepid about it. But what this score reflects is 
what does it mean for a specific fan and, and its importance to your introduction and or continuation into the genre, right? I liken the Weeb score to like, if you had a library like mine on a bookshelf where it's, you had a limited amount of space, would, how important would this be to be in your collection? For a noob, it's what is your, you know, what are the various entry? Like, can you skip it? Is it something that like, you should probably shouldn't put as much uh, thought to it's, it doesn't really represent things well. Like, so once again, if we give a higher or low score, it's not necessarily to say that it's good or bad. It's to say it's important to your journey as someone who appreciates this media. Mm -hmm. And for that, I give this a 6.5. And I say this saying that it's a good, it's good. And in fact, I would say dedicate some time to it if you're a fan. Um, really watch it. And I would actually consider reading the manga because I think this is actually one of the rare cases where it's better read than it is watched. I could see that. I could see because, that for sure. Because really, what are, you gaining, what are you gaining from the anime is just that the viscera is more pronounced. The fighting is very quick. So it's like, there's no need for said, that. though, I don't know the manga. And you're telling me that the manga is this over sort of exaggerated artwork. Right. I might appreciate the artwork of the anime. Right. It might be more my style. Right, right. I agree. So if, if you don't mind the, the like old-fashioned, almost like speed racery, like uh, Dragon Ball period... Akira Tor Tori Toriyama style animation, then which I don't, it, it's definitely probably more worth it to read it than it is to watch it. So for that, I'm going to give it a 6.5. It's not bad. It's actually pretty decent, and it's got a lot of great subject matter. It's very original for what it is, but it's one of those things that you might have to do piecemeal because it's horror. It's kind of gross sometimes, and like it doesn't like define a genre really, so to speak. And there's other horror out there that you can probably do a lot quicker. So 6.5 is my score. What is yours, Garrett? I give it a firm 7. So. Uh, I'm torn because I know that certain things I like, other people might not like, i.e. pacing. Mm -hmm. Slower pacing. Uh, other people might not enjoy that as much. The animation was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was a little cheesy at times, some of Migi's animation. Mm -hmm. uh, however the cerebral nature of the show, if mm. you were going to introduce me into something as sort of a dip your toe into the waters of mm. horror, mm -hmm. this was very well selected and, and kudos to you because I, I don't know any horror anime. Mm -hmm. This is the first one. Right. So, you know, we'll see what the future brings, but I could absolutely see how what anime, animation does a lot of things, but it also takes away the need to have anything be realistic, right? right so, exactly. When you're filming a TV show, if you want to go buck wild, you have to start thinking about your budget for special effects right, and, right, right. and sanity. And with animation, you're like, well, if it's in my brain and I have a hand or a computer, I can make it happen. Right. So I loved the restraint that it showed. Mm -hmm. So that's where it creeps back up out of like six, six and a half territory right. and, and hits a seven for me. So would you say like for a newcomer, they should still watch it. It's just don't don't think it's like got to be cart, you know, number one that you have to watch basically. Uh, I almost think that you could, if you wanted to watch it, you could probably watch those first five episodes and that's almost like the first season. Mm -hmm. and you could stop there. Right. I mean, I agree. You, could, you could see further development. I'm sure right. if I kept watching, but if you just wanted to get a little, uh, a little taste, then yeah. just watch the first five episodes and, and finish it. that final scene, which we won't say, just finish it and go, Whoa. Yeah. Well, because that's know? another thing. That's another thing is that this is actually pretty long for a horror anime. Like when you think about other anime out there, like um, another 
when they cry, Higurashi when they cry. Like, they're very short for a reason. Like, there's only so many people you can kill, so, you know, there's only so many people, ways that you can, like, murder so many people over the... Well, you have to start day. introducing right, yeah, yeah, yeah. characters in order to <laughs> a kill A new person to fall into the wood chipper. Like, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's got a shelf life. This one is like a horror anime that actually goes well longer past than what a normal horror anime would. So, right. I would say, watch it, enjoy Cerebral Nature, enjoy the horrorness of it, enjoy the, the subtext for it. But don't don't feel like you have to go like as Garrett said, pass go past the, the five episodes. Right. And I think that's why it's good that you ended there. And and um, I think it will be interesting to the audience because it is horror that is so Japanese and unlike an American style. Right, exactly. If you if you like the thing, like for example, right. Go go watch it. If you like body horror like in Full Metal yeah. Alchemist, where like you see Envy's true body for the uh, for the first time and right. you think that's pretty rad. Yeah. You'll like this too. So or just think about this: like you have slasher films, like Freddy and Jason are wonderful in their own right, but they're pretty much going to stab you. One dimension. Yeah. Mentioned you before the American version of The Grudge when it came out with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and is trying to really trip out your mind. And she's in the shower and she's mm -hmm. washing her hair, and you see the other hand through her hair, and it just makes your spine crawl. Mm -hmm. And, and that's that Japanese. That is not right. American. Right. That's that's the idea. It's to it's to unnerve you before it scares you versus the whole like, is it coming? How about now? Yeah. yeah. Is it coming? Like that's that's the American style jump scare that we're used to. So I appreciate you taking a look into horror. We're gonna yeah, probably get into some cra we're gonna uh, we're probably gonna get into crazier stuff. Just beware, I'm gonna get you into things like Junji Ito, which is just like like blow your mind right. scary. And another is just is just a whole nother level. So I'm glad I got you the little stuff. So I apologize to all you fans out there that might think that I, I start off too light here, but hey, man, baby steps. You don't want to just throw people into the fire right, all the right. time. I don't want to get into the another phase where a girl literally falls with an umbrella and like skews herself in the neck, which is like never happens. Like that just doesn't happen. Well, I mean, we've all seen Final Destination, so we it know is. creative no, ways to die. Okay, another is Final Destination anime. That's pretty much what it is. It's with a girl <laughs> with an eye patch. That's literally it's Final Destination. So, um. As we close this episode, yeah. I once again, as always, I want to hear your thoughts. Were we a little bit too rough on the idea for anime because we're our deep fans? Are you a true fan? Is this something that really tickles your spirits as someone who really likes this style of genre? Did Parasite speak to you more than any other genre right before? What do you think about the conversation with Shinichi and Miki? Let us know in the comments because we really want you to, to explore and learn about these new ideas together with Garrett and as well as myself. Um, otherwise, you will notice that we have a new end card at the end of this uh, piece. So look, look at our Twitter as well as our anchor.fm for more information. Um, but before we leave, uh, Garrett, do, we have any, do you have any last minute thoughts for us? I mean, I think I have to become ambidextrous because I don't trust that right hand anymore. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know if I can be permanently lefty now, but it's kind of making me question myself. Uh, but with that in mind, I'm going to wave you with my dominant hand and give you a see you next week. Peace out, guys. Take care.
失败。